0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Security in a Zero Trust World, powered by Unisys. As always, I'm your host, Steve Mullen. As we all know, cybersecurity can be very expensive. We also know that it's worth it. But how do you assess your risk? How do you decide how much to invest in security? And how do you determine your return on investment? These are all tough questions, and to get some answers, we bring in two experts from Unisys, both of whom come from the land down under.
1: Hi everyone, this is Girgana Winter. I'm the industry director of cybersecurity in Australia and New Zealand. Very nice to be here on the show.
2: Hi all. This is Ashwin Paul, Director of Cybersecurity Security Services, Unisys Asia Pacific. Great to actually have you here.
0: All right. I want to thank you both for joining us. Uh, we're going to launch right into our first question, and I want to ask you both this first question. I'll start with Gergana, though, and then Ashwin can jump in. Gergana, how do organizations perform cyber risk assessments today, and how do they use those assessments to make investment decisions?
1: That's a very good question, Steve, and to be honest with you, there are so many multiple ways organizations can do that. There are so many different tools, Unisys, ourselves. we have our, our Trash Check tool by Unisys, etc., etc. So the new tools are the one way to skin the cat, and they're very, very successful in doing so. However, the traditional and old way, which unfortunately is adopted by, I would say, 85% of the organizations in Australia, but also globally is based on simple spreadsheets. Ashwin, I would like to hear your opinion on that, actually.
2: Oh, definitely, Gagana, thank you. And uh, you know, I do have an opinion on this particular topic. Um, as Gagana said, a lot of organisations basically are using spreadsheets to do their risk analysis. And unfortunately, what they're doing is not a risk analysis. What it is, is a gap analysis. So if you look at, and I'm going to go back to the basics here, if you look at the formula for risk, it basically entails probability times impact. That's fairly well known. And the way you work out probability is effectively threats times vulnerability. Now, as I said, a lot of organisations are using spreadsheets to do a gap analysis. So you're leaving out the two key factors that I actually mentioned earlier, which is impact as well as threat. As a result, unfortunately, what's actually going up to the boards and execs to make investment decisions is incorrect data. And as a result, the investment decisions that are actually being made can be questionable. So TrustCheck in particular actually does help address that area. And look, I mean, I have seen a couple of other tools uh, that are coming close to what TrustCheck does. But to be honest, um, one of the tools I looked at doesn't actually do the impact part. So it actually doesn't give you quantifiable data uh, on what would actually happen, what it would cost you if there was a data breach, and the second one that I actually saw doesn't really take into account real and current threat information. So those are two of the um, key drawbacks. But going back to what I actually said, if one is actually looking at doing a risk analysis, you must make sure that whatever tool you're actually using is going to cover those two basic areas and the sub-area of probability being threat and vulnerability.
0: And Ashwin, what is a CISO most concerned about when presenting to a board of directors?
2: This is actually becoming more and more of an issue right now, particularly with threat landscape increasing, and threats, frankly, just increasing because of remote working, you know, working from home and things like that. So, what I'm actually hearing a lot of the boards asking their CISOs are basically four questions. The first question tends to be, where is the current investment being spent, and what impact has it had on our cyber risk posture. Obviously, every organisation has actually made an investment in cyber security, but a lot of boards and execs are still asking the question, where has the money gone and what are we getting for this? Because obviously, you know, everything in business is all about return on investment. The second question, which is very important, is what is our current cyber risk position and how are we actually mitigating our cyber risk? Obviously, boards and execs um, literally exist to manage, particularly boards, manage risk on behalf of the shareholders. So as part of the risk management initiative, they need to actually understand, um, clearly understand what the risk position is and, you know, what steps are actually being taken to actually mitigate cyber risk. The third question I've actually heard being asked are, what are the plans to align our current cyber risk position to our risk appetite? And how are we progressing against it on a quarterly basis? Now, that actually goes back down to the reporting side of things, right? What boards and execs uh, want to know is once they've established their risk appetite, they want to understand that progress is actually being made and they want to be able to see the progress being made so that they understand that they're actually on the right trajectory towards hitting the risk appetite figure. And the final question, which is becoming more and more important over the last sort of two odd years, is around cyber insurance, a lot of people within execs are actually asking, do we need cyber insurance? And more importantly, how much do we need? Because at the moment, a lot of people are struggling to be able to quantify that figure um, of residual risk, which is usually what you get insurance for. So those are the four questions that I'm actually hearing.
0: And uh, turning back to Gergana, is it possible to quantify the ROI of cybersecurity? And why is that important?
1: Oh, I love this question. This is really a great question because it brings us kind of all together. Thank you for asking this question. So, cybersecurity posture basically is determined by multiple factors and one of its basic aspects, um, it happens to be the ability of an organization to defend against multiple cyber threats but also the ability to uh, recover right after a cyber attack occurs. So, today the perimeter is basically long gone as the enterprises and the small medium enterprises adopt, adopt cloud applications, uh, IoT, OT, etc. And and with the introduction of those, the attack surface obviously grows proportionally to the sophistication of cyber criminals, right? So how to defend in such world becomes very much increasingly difficult. Uh, so basically, let's let's say that the return on investment can be very much uh, difficult to calculate because the main goal of the organization becomes to avoid the data breach. So beyond this metric, is it's extremely difficult to measure success, right? So There are some things that I have been researching on the topic, though, because it it, uh, really inspires me to be able to provide to the organizations we're working with the ability to not only calculate the return on investment on their cybersecurity solutions, but also show progress, which is what Ashwin was talking about. So, you know, there are like few questions arise on, on that topic. First of all, is how can the management team or the executives transform the spending into a return on investment for the organization? And the second question would be how they actually can ensure to the board that the chosen solution will be the best to protect their environment and and organization, right? And those two questions, obviously, we have no certain answers because that that would vary and depend on the type of organization, the business they have, and they're in. And we can still rely on a framework that can reduce risk and allow us to actually maximize return on investment. So the first thing to consider, however, is what we call don't boil the ocean strategy. (laughs) Or, in other words, you know, associate our spending to business sense and you know dollar sense approach if you want, so first and foremost, what we suggest is to know your data. data tells a story, and the story of your organization is basically within the data you collect and within the data you hold, so data is the big and only reason you are in business today, right so the data of your IP, the data of your employees, the data of your customers, your suppliers, etc. So basically, the data is the why of every cybersecurity project on planet Earth. If you want to put it that way, right? Data is everywhere, and um, not all data is equal. So applying uh, a blunt force approach always results in like kind of overspending with no guarantee that critical data is any better protected, right? So a starting point for navigating those type of cybersecurity investments is to understand the value of your data and then the risk tolerance of your organization. That would help us to determine the type of controls that would help you to determine the type of controls your organization requires, right? Including things such as role-based authorization, authentication methods, um, encryption, etc. So, the second part, which uh, we kind of uh, talk about, is to be able to analyze the, the cybersecurity environment. And, you know, many organizations remain uh, kind of, they re- remained within the legacy approach to cybersecurity, or in other words, they try to focus on Tools such as firewalls, malware protection, data loss prevention, or DLP. Um, but you know, if you look at the different studies around the world conducted by Ponemon Institute that conducts the cost of cybercrime uh, study, there is a huge, like it's a huge mismatch on the market. So, for example, um, that study has found that the biggest security investment organizations still revolves around the perimeter controls, or in other words, next-generation firewalls. However, in terms of what actually was most effective for stopping cybercrime, that approach is not the most effective one. It ranked only number five. So the biggest return on investment was shown to be related to kind of security intelligence systems, automation, uh, and orchestration, et cetera, and in the future will be machine learning. So what we're finding out is that for you to understand how you can communicate to the board about the value of your cybersecurity investments and what to do next. First of all, you need to understand your data and your environment. And then there is one part which I actually took inspiration from Ashwin's uh, recent white paper around building protections and not uh, forgetting the basics. But I'll let actually Ashwin elaborate on that.
0: <laughs> Ashwin, do you have more to add?
2: Uh, yeah, very briefly. I mean, uh, as, as we kind of said, at the end of the day, The return on investment for cybersecurity really comes down to, um, you know, what do you want to protect? What's the value of what you're trying to protect and being able to quantify that? And as Gagana said, you've got to start with the basics, make sure you actually get that right. But please ensure you actually have a plan to work towards because without a plan, you would effectively be shooting in the dark. And, you know, you won't be able to mitigate risks down to a level that the organization is comfortable with.
0: And Ashwin, had a question for you. How can CISOs predict or at least estimate how much to spend on cybersecurity?
2: Uh, The million-dollar question. Look, the simplest way to do that, frankly, um, Steve, is uh, you've got to understand the organization's risk at the times, right? So that's really the goal he actually wants to hit. And you've got to work backwards effectively and figure out where you are today and how do you get to the risk appetite figure and what effort it's actually going to take. That's what's going to dictate the expenditure required to get to the end goal. So the key thing here is you've got to make sure you do have an end goal, otherwise you will forever continue to spend money on cybersecurity to no end. The second piece that is actually important is being able to understand the return on investment, as we discussed in the earlier question around each one of those investments, how do you actually calculate that is by actually understanding the value of risk you're actually mitigating per the control that you're actually implementing. Why that is actually important is that you want to not only just prioritize based on whatever is giving you biggest bang for buck, but you also want to make sure that you're actually hitting the biggest issues first. So the control is an example that is going to give you biggest return is the one you should be investing in. Not only is it actually giving you a positive ROI, but what it's actually doing is allowing you to mitigate the greatest amount of risk for the dollar that you're actually spending. So that's effectively how you go about estimating or directing your spend towards cybersecurity. But at the end of the day, there is no one figure what that will be is going to be dictated by the boards and XX risk appetite and the path in your current posture and the path you're actually taking to actually get to that risk appetite.
0: And final question, uh, this one's for Gargana, but Ashwin can feel free to jump in as well. We know that making data-driven decisions is critical for organizations. Why is it particularly important when it comes to cybersecurity?
1: Another million dollar question. <laughs> Steve, thank you for that. So, yes, data-driven decisions are definitely very important and critical for organizations in any area of investment, but most importantly in cyber, because in cyber, we have a saying that says um, that, you know, the criminals have to only get it right once, where we have to get it right every time to protect or to be able to recover from a cyber attack. Right. So data driven decisions in cyber become even more critical because we have seen in the latest breaches happening around the world how easy it was for the criminals to take over and to, you know, prove damage to create damage within the organizations where they were able to get in, right? So in that in that case scenario, cybersecurity is even more vulnerable to that type of, um, of situation. So that's why data-driven decisions are the king. And what I love about what Ashwin just said actually connects very nicely to this question and to what I'm, I'm answering on it is that, Basically, if your organisation is not able to make sense of the risks that you're having internally, you're not going to be able to make data-driven decisions. And how do you calculate the risks? Obviously, as we, as we spoke at the beginning, there are different tools, different methods that exist. But the most the most efficient one that has been proven to work every time, time and again, is the one where we take into consideration All the different risks within the organization and the different controls and how do you track that? Again, make sure that you have a tool that can allow you to track that and then potentially that can analyze the data and give you not only your financial impact if a data breach was to occur, but also your return on investment or your efficiency of the different controls or implementations that you're doing to mitigate the risks.
0: All right. That's our final question. Ashwin Paul, Gergana Windsor, thanks to both of you for being with us today. Thank
1: Thank you so much for having us.
0: If you'd like to learn more about Trust Check from Unisys, please check out the link in the show notes for this episode. As always, we ask you to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and elsewhere, so you don't miss a single episode. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to Security in a Zero Trust World, powered by Unisys. I'm Steve Mullen.